But if you're joining us today, we are so glad that you're here. We're in the series called Dashboard, and I, I just catch up to speed real quick. The series Dashboard is just all saying that, you know what? Life can be complicated. We got a lot of stuff coming at us hard and quick. And, and we need gauges to help us stay focused in our life. We need to prioritize. There ought to be some non-negotiables in our life that we say, you know what? We're, this is a non-negotiable, man. My health, physical, my physical being, my spiritual being, my relational, my emotional, my professional matters. And so I want to focus on that. I, I, I don't want to I don't want to just keep going down the wrong road and then all of a sudden realize I have serious health problems because health was never, it was never a gauge. And if it was, I just zoned out. I, I just lost track. I forgot to look up. And so dashboard is all about taking those things that matter most and putting them and then keeping them in front of us so that we can go further faster. So we can not only survive in life, but the truth is we can thrive. So today, I want to talk about the relational aspect, and um, again, I want to just kind of pinpoint this. I want you to repeat after me. Ready? My friendships determine the quality and direction of my life. Would you say that with me? My friendships determine the quality and direction of my life. Let's say it one more time together. My friendships determine the quality and direction of my life. Now, that is true no matter how old any of us are here today or how young we are. If you're here and you're in third grade, um, that is true for you. If you're a teenager, that's extremely true for you. If you're an adult, it's extremely true for you. If you're retired, if you're nimpty, or nimpty, nimpty esters, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> if you're empty nesters, huh. Can we edit that, Matt? No, I was just kidding. If, um, if, if that's you, if you're an empty nester and the kids are gone and they're in college and it's quiet around the house, and, or if you're like me and you got three little ones and they're running around, ah, and they're full speed and full steam ahead, and you're wishing you were an empty ester, <laughs> um, then let, let me tell you something. It's true for all of us. If you work construction, it's true for you. If you're a doctor, it's true for you. If you're a police officer, you're in law enforcement, it's true for you. If you work with people, if you're around people, if you're human, it's true for you. It's true for me that my friendships are going to determine two things, the quality and the direction of my life. Think about when you've been influenced. Think about when you probably wouldn't have had enough courage to do that by yourself. I remember, um, I remember taking some of, our, um, some of the people here today, I used to have the privilege to be their student pastor. I remember going on my first ski trip ever. And I went on the ski trip. I'd never skied. We got there. We had like, I don't know, 80, kid, 80 teenagers and, and adults. And Mama Gail's in the back. She was there. She remembers. I'd never skied before. How many love to ski? How many love to snowboard? Come on. Come on. Oh, man. It's been too long. We're going to go hit it, though. Um, so we get out there and we get everything taken care of and all the teenagers are out and you know, I'm young, I'm probably good night at the time. I'm probably 27. I'm pretty young. And, uh, I'm just, you know, if I did that now, my, my receding hairline would, would recede even quicker, you know, because I would be thinking we have 80 people out there that could get hurt. Back then I was like, whoa, you know, 27, let's have a good time, you know? And so I get out there and I'm with a youth leader, my friend, his name's Paul, and Paul's like, they call me Brother Tim back there, um, back in those days, you call me Tim, please, 
Um, but they, they called me Brother Tim. So he said, Brother Tim. He said, hey, Brother Tim, can, uh, can, uh, can you come with me? Come on. I said, like, don't, don't, don't I need to do the bunny slope? And he said, no, no, Brother Tim, you don't need to do the bunny slope. Come on, come on. I'll show you what to do. So I'm going like this all the way. I have no slopes. It's flat. We are at Boone. We're at Boone, Ski Beach, Boone, North Carolina. And uh, thank you. I love Boone, right? Awesome. It's beautiful. I love that place. So I'm doing this thing, and I'm real awkward, and here comes a chair, and I'm thinking I'm fixing to embarrass myself (laughs) because I'm going to wipe out, you know. It's like, whoo, there it is, and your feet go up. You know what I'm talking about. Next thing you know, you just start climbing the hill. You're climbing it, man. I'm on the ski lift. I'm like, oh, look, this is awesome. This is beautiful. I have no idea how to ski. <laughs> Brother Paul's like, you're going to do awesome, man. You're going to do great. We get up to the top, and now I'm thinking, dude, we're almost here. And I'm seeing this sign that says black diamond. It's a black square, and then there's one with two blacks, double black. I never skied before. And all of a sudden, he's like, okay, now, now listen up. Now, Tim, when we get up here, you're going to hop off. Hop off. How do you hop off with these things on your feet? I don't know. So here we go. Okay, and it slows down, you know, and I hop off. And that thing keeps moving. I, like, push my big butt out of the way, you know, and I'm doing this. I'm, like, trying not to fall. And, man, God is my witness. Next thing I know, I'm looking down at what appears to be my death. And I'm, I'm getting up there, and it's just like, whew. And my heart, man, is it's beating like the first time I saw Stephanie. It's just like, it's just pounding. I, Stephanie, you in here? Did you say, no, I, I'm just, man, I'm, you talk about heart palpitations, man. This, this thing was going. I knew I had a heart, man. It's like, it's just it's pumping fast. And, and Paul looks at me, and he says, see at the bottom. And he takes off. He takes off. Yeah, wow, is what I was thinking. And a few other things. <laughs> And God was like, wow. And, and so, so I'm up there, man. I'm up there. And I'm like, okay. And so what does a preacher do? He quotes scripture to himself. <laughs> I began preaching to myself. Um, God has not given me a spirit of fear. It was more like this. Uh, God has not given me a spirit of fear. And I was like, I could do all things through Christ. I'm like, all right, here we go. And off I go. Now, I'm an adrenaline junkie. Don't, don't get it wrong. I have a motorcycle. I'm an adrenaline junkie. I, I've got a need for speed that I always try to... You know, I don't think since those days, I think I've slowed down. But I got up there, man, and I'm, I'm like, here we go, man. And I go, and I'm going down the mountain on this black diamond. And I've never even skied a bunny slope, not a green. Well, I'm a black diamond. And all I knew is Olympics, right? I mean, that's the only time I watched skiing. I don't know about you guys. I, I swear I never watched skiing unless it's Olympics. And, and these people did something like this. And so I'm like, I'm going to do that. (laughs) By God, if it works for them, it will work for me. Put my butt up in the air, and I get these sticks straight back like this, and I'm flying. I am screaming down this mountain, screaming. I'm not zigzagging. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Dude, I look like the roadrunner on skis. I'm coming straight down. I'm like. Oh, God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And I, I literally was, I, I turned into a personal coach. I became my own personal professional coach at that moment. I was like, Tim Payne, don't you dare fall over. You'll kill yourself. And there are trees over here. 
They're trees. I stayed up there a good, I'm not kidding you not, a good two or three minutes before I had the courage to go. And Brother Paul was an experienced skier. He was way down the mountain. And I, here comes Brother Paul, and I'm skiing him. I'm like, watch out! And he gets over, and he sees me. He stops, right? Like, what is that? And I fly by him. And I'm looking at him going 80 miles per hour on skis that I've never worn before. And I'm flying down this thing. I would have never done this without Paul in my life. Your relationships will determine the quality and direction of your life. You want to hear, the, you want to hear how it all went down? Come back next week. So, um, no, I'm, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. So what happened was I'm flying past everyone, and I'm pretty good balance. I never fell, never fell. But I'm seeing all of a sudden it's like people are just parting in front of me. They're just parting. They're like, freaks on the loose, you know. I mean, it was like, get out of the way. And everyone's like, Phew. I mean, I felt like Moses, you know. The water parted for him, skiers parted for me. And I'm coming down, and there's that same stupid ski lift with all these people in line, and everyone's watching me come 80 miles per hour. I swear it felt like it. And I got a crotch rocket, so I think I'm pretty, pretty right on. And I'm screaming. I just went straight the whole time. I went straight all the way down, and I'm thinking, how do I stop? How do I stop? I had no clue how to stop. And so I'm thinking, I'm literally, <laughs> I'm going to crash in all these people. The, the line was right in front of me where I was headed. And so people are looking, they're like, dude, that dude's flying. He must be really good. <laughs> Holy cow. And then I was closing in, and they're like, I don't think he's ever done this before. <laughs> and then I'm closing in, and they're like, get out of the way, you know. And I'm telling you, man, I, pay, I, was, I thank God. I, I had enough sense to think, okay, I, I'm going to have to pick up a leg and throw myself over, and that's exactly what I did. Thank God I had, like, all these layers on. I was from Pensacola, you know, so I had, like, you know, three feet of layers on me. I pick up, man, I just, and I remember at one point, literally, I'm doing this, head over hill. I remember looking up, and one time I was looking up, there's someone on a ski lift from another country, and, and they got a camera, and they're, they're not speaking. They're like, what are you? know, they're doing all this stuff, man, and they're laughing. They're all, I'm like, I remember this, man, just, and it was like this snowball at the end of the base. When I thought about this message, I thought, you know what? I would have never had the guts to do a black diamond by myself without any coaching had it not been for Paul. I want you to repeat after me. Ready? My friendships determine the quality and direction of my life. Would you say that with me? My friendships determine the quality and direction of my life. Let's say it one more time together. My friendships determine the quality and direction of my life. Now, that is true no matter how old any of us are here today or how young we are. If you're here and you're in third grade, um, that is true for you. If you're a teenager, that's extremely true for you. If you're an adult, it's extremely true for you. If you're retired, if you're nimpty, or nimpty, nimpty esters, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> if you're empty nesters, <laughs> Can we edit that, Matt? No, I was just kidding. If, um, if, if that's you, if you're an empty nester and the kids are gone and they're in college and it's quiet around the house, and, or if you're like me and you got three little ones and they're running around, ah, and they're full speed and full steam ahead, 
and you're wishing you were a nimpty Esther, <laughs> um, then let, let me tell you something. It's true for all of us. If you work construction, it's true for you. If you're a doctor, it's true for you. If you're a police officer, you're in law enforcement, it's true for you. If you work with people, if you're around people, if you're human, it's true for you. It's true for me that my friendships are going to determine two things, the quality and the direction of my life. Think about when you've been influenced. Think about when you probably wouldn't have had enough courage to do that by yourself. I remember, um, I remember taking some of, our, um, some of the people here today. I used to have the privilege to be their student pastor. I remember going on my first ski trip ever. And I went on the ski trip. I'd never skied. We got there. We had like, I don't know, 80, kids, 80 teenagers and, and adults. And Mama Gail's in the back. She was there. She remembers. I'd never skied before. How many love to ski? How many love to snowboard? Come on. Come on. Oh, man. It's been too long. We're going to go hit it, though. Um, so we get out there, and we get everything taken care of, and all the teenagers are out. And, you know, I'm young. I'm probably good night at the time. I'm probably 27. I'm pretty young. And uh, I'm just, you know, if I did that now, my, my receding hairline would, would recede even quicker, you know, because I would be thinking, we have 80 people out there that could get hurt. Back then, I was like, whoa, you know, 27. Let's have a good time, you know. And so I get out there, and I'm with a youth leader, my friend, his name's Paul, and Paul's like, they call me Brother Tim back there, um, back in those days, you call me Tim, please, um, but they, they call me Brother Tim, so he said, Brother Tim, he said, hey, Brother Tim, can, uh, can, uh, can you come with me, come on, I was like, don't, don't, don't I need to do the bunny slope, and he said, no, no, Brother Tim, you don't need to do the bunny slope, come on, come on, I'll show you what to do. So I'm going like this all the way. I have no slopes. It's flat. We are at Boone. We're at Boone, Ski Beach, Boone, North Carolina. And uh, thank you. I love Boone, right? Awesome. It's beautiful. I love that place. So I'm doing this thing, and I'm real awkward, and here comes a chair, and I'm thinking I'm fixing to embarrass myself <laughs> because I'm going to wipe out, you know. It's like, whoo, there it is, and your feet go up, and you know what I'm talking about. Next thing you know, you just start climbing the hill. You're climbing it, man. I'm on the ski lift. I'm like, oh, look, this is awesome. This is beautiful. I have no idea how to ski. <laughs> Brother Paul's like, you're going to do awesome, man. You're going to do great. We get up to the top, and now I'm thinking, dude, we're almost here. And I'm seeing this sign that says black diamond. It's a black square, and then there's one with two blacks, double black. I've never skied before. And all of a sudden, he's like, okay, now, now listen up. Now, Tim, when we get up here, you're going to hop off. Hop off? How do you hop off with these things on your feet? I don't know. So here we go. Okay, and it slows down, you know, and I hop off. And that thing keeps moving. I, like, push my big butt out of the way, you know, and I'm doing this. I'm, like, trying not to fall. And, man, God is my witness. Next thing I know, I'm looking down at what appears to be my death. And I'm, I'm getting up there, and it's just like, Phew. And my heart, man, is it's beating like the first time I saw Stephanie. It's just like, it's just pounding. I, Stephanie, you in here? Did you say, no, I, I'm just, man, I'm, you talk about heart palpitations, man. This, this thing was going. I knew I had a heart, man. It's like, it's just it's pumping fast. And, and Paul looks at me, and he says, see at the bottom. And he takes off. He takes off. Yeah, wow, is what I was thinking. And a few other things. <laughs> And God was like, wow. And, and so, so I'm up there, man. I'm up there. 
And I'm like, okay. And so what does a preacher do? He quotes scripture to himself. <laughs> I began preaching to myself. Um, God has not given me a spirit of fear. It was more like this. Uh, God has not given me a spirit of fear. And I was like, I can do all things through Christ. I'm like, all right, here we go. And off I go. Now, I'm an adrenaline junkie. Don't, don't get it wrong. I have a motorcycle. I'm an adrenaline junkie. I, I've got a need for speed that I always try to, you know, I, I don't think since those days, I think I've slowed down. But I got up there, man, and I'm, I'm like, here we go, man. And I go, and I'm going down the mountain on this black diamond. And I've never even skied a bunny slope. Not a green. It's where I'm a black diamond. And all I knew is Olympics, right? I mean, that's the only time I watch skiing. I don't know about you guys. I, I swear, I never watch skiing unless it's Olympics. And, and these people did something like this. And so I'm like, I'm going to do that. By God, if it works for them, it worked for me. Put my butt up in the air, and I get these sticks straight back like this, and I'm flying. I am screaming down this mountain, screaming. I'm not zigzagging. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Dude, I look like the roadrunner on skis. I'm coming straight down. I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And I, I literally was, I, I turned into a personal coach. I became my own personal professional coach at that moment. I was like, Tim Payne, don't you dare follow over. You'll kill yourself. And there are trees over here. There are trees. I stayed up there a good, I'm not kidding you not, a good two or three minutes before I had the courage to go. And Brother Paul was an experienced skier. He was way down the mountain. And I, here comes Brother Paul, and I'm skiing him. I'm like, watch out. <laughs> and he gets over, and, and he sees me. He stops, right? Like, what is that? And I fly by him. And I'm looking at him going 80 miles per hour on skis that I've never worn before. And I'm flying down this thing. I would have never done this without Paul in my life. Your relationships will determine the quality and direction of your life. You want to hear, hear how it all went down? Come back next week. So, um, no, I'm, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. So what happened was I'm flying past everyone, and I'm pretty good balance. I never fell, never fell, but I'm seeing all of a sudden it's like people are just parting in front of me. They're just parting. They're like, freaks on the loose, you know? I mean, it was like, get out of the way, and everyone's like, Phew. I mean, I felt like Moses, you know? The water parted for him, skiers parted for me, and I'm coming down, and there's that same stupid ski lift with all these people in line and everyone's watching me come 80 miles per hour. I swear it felt like it. And I got a crotch rocket, so I think I'm pretty, pretty right on. And I'm screaming. I just went straight the whole time. I went straight all the way down and I'm thinking, how do I stop? How do I stop? I had no clue how to stop. And so I'm thinking, I'm literally, <laughs> I'm going to crash in all these people. The, the line was right in front of me where I was headed. And so people are looking, they're like, Dude, that dude's flying. He must be really good. <laughs> Holy cow. And then I was closing in, and they're like, I don't think he's ever done this before. <laughs> and then I'm closing in, and they're like, get out of the way, you know? And I'm telling you, man, I, pay, I, was, I thank God. I, I had enough sense to think, okay, I, I'm going to have to pick up a leg and throw myself over. And that's exactly what I did. 
Thank God I had like all these layers on. I was from Pensacola, you know, so I had like, you know, three feet of layers on me. I pick up, man, I just, and I remember at one point, literally, I'm doing this head over heel. I remember looking up, and one time I was looking up, there's someone on a ski lift from another country, and, and they got a camera, and they're, they're not speaking. They're like, what are you know, they're doing all this stuff, man. and they're laughing, they're all, I'm like, I remember this, man, and it was like this snowball at the end of the base. When I thought about this message, I thought, you know what? I would have never had the guts to do a black diamond by myself without any coaching had it not been for Paul. But Paul helped determine that day the direction of my life. My friendships, your friendships, our friendships will determine the quality and direction of our life. Proverbs says it this way, and I mentioned the verse last week, but Proverbs says it this way. Proverbs says in 1320, we'll pull it up. I want you to look at the the screen. Proverbs 13, 20, um, the Bible says, become wise by walking with the wise. Become wise by walking with the wise. That's, that's why right now there are athletes that NFL just finished, but they're not like just hanging out in Cancun for a month. They're already back on it. They're already working on it. They already have their personal trainer kicking their tail because they know, you know what? They're strong. They know how to stay strong. It's not enough just to get strong, right? You can get strong and lose it quick, right? Like you have to stay at it. So if you want to be with the, if you want to be wise, then walk with the wise. We know that. High school taught us that. If you wanted to be cool, you want to be accepted, what crowd did you? That's right. And that's why we all probably did things we probably wouldn't have done on our own. We'll take that verse and see what it says. It says, become wise by walking with the wise. I love the next part, Proverbs 13, 20. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Hang out with fools. So there's a contrast here. Walk, become wise by walking with the wise. But if you hang out with fools, watch your life fall to pieces. Some of y'all know that to be true. You dated someone you should have never dated. It started out a friendship, and I'm just trying to help him. I'm trying to help her. And before you knew it, your life was headed in a direction you thought you would have never headed in before. Romans, Romans 5. I want to read this to you real quick. Romans chapter 5. There's Proverbs. Let's go to Romans now. Romans chapter 5, 6 through 11. The Bible says this. I want to read a couple verses, and you you need to hear this. This is kind of like a the best filet you ever tasted before. These verses, this is out of Romans. Romans is like, you know how every good cookbook has a section in there on desserts? You know what I'm talking about, all right? Romans is like the section of desserts in a cookbook. And it, Romans is all about teaching you how to have a relationship with God, how to know God personally. So listen to these verses real quick. When we were utterly helpless, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and he died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, even though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God, I love that, but. Anytime you read a but in the Bible, make sure you know why the but is there. But God. So most people wouldn't die for just anyone. A few would die for someone really, really good. If you're a dad here, you get that. If you're a mom here, you get that. Like we would, we would freely give our life for our kids. But who, who would be willing 
to just die for anyone. But God, there's God. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die. Why did he die? Here's the truth. For us. You ought to circle that. You ought to highlight. That's the message of the gospel. Why did Christ die? Christ didn't just die for no reason. Why did he die? Two words. For us. I want you to say for. Y'all say us. Ready? For. For. Why did Christ die? That's why Christ died. You need to tell people that. Because most people know why Jesus died. Excuse me. Most people know Jesus died. Not everybody knows why. He died. If you went through a drive through and said, hey, I just asked you a question real quick. Thank you. Here's my card. You keep working. You don't have to stop. But um, do, you, do you know that Christ died on the cross? Have you ever heard that before? And Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. And if you polled 100 people, why did he die? Most people wouldn't get the answer correct. And now we're all smarter, aren't we? Why did he die? He died. Two words. He died for us while we were still sinners. Here's the good news. The good news of the gospel is when we were sinners far from God in the worst of messes. I mean, we were dirty. We were filthy. Our life was tumbling out of control. We could not stop our sin. During that deepest, darkest, dirtiest moment of our life, Christ said, I I choose you. I love you. I will die for you. That's what the Bible says. And since we've been made right in God's sight, how, how have we been made right in God's sight? By the blood of Christ. He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. God is a God of love, but let me tell you something. God is also a God of truth. When you break God's law, you pay for it. Just like when you break man's law, you know, we want you to pay for it. You break the law, you ought to pay for it. You ought to pay for it. You murder someone, you ought to pay for it. You do the crime, you ought to do the time. God is a gracious God, but he's also a true God. And he doesn't just sweep sin under the rug. Sin has to be paid for. That's why Christ died. Now, the Bible says this. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies. Did you know that? At one point, we were enemies of God. That's what the Bible says. We will certainly be saved through, how are we saved? Through the life of his son, Jesus. Everyone say, Jesus, Jesus. How are we saved? How can we certainly know we've been saved? Through the life of his son and the life of his son, that name is Jesus. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us, what's the next word? Friends of God. Write this down, please. Take notes real fast. Believe it or not, um, It's going to go by quicker than you think. The power of relationship is friendship. Would you write that down? The power of relationships is friendship. God reached out to us to establish a relationship, but he wanted more than a relationship. He wanted a friendship. I don't know if you know this, but if you're a Christian, you're a friend of God. You are a friend of God. Satan will tell you you're the enemy of God. That's a liar. He's a liar. When he comes and tells you about your past, you remind him of his past. We all say, when he comes and tells you about your past, tell him about his future. Well, that's good. Jensen Franklin said at C3 last week, he said, when he comes and tells you about about your past, you tell him about his past. He was perfect. He was in the presence of God Almighty. There was no devil, and he still couldn't be faithful to God. He still sinned. So when he comes throwing it at your face, remind him he was in a perfect environment, environment, and he could not stay faithful to God. The power of 
Relationships is friendship. Write this down real quick. Five key ingredients to incredible relationships. This probably not gonna be new information. It just needs to be in front of us in the dashboard. Number one, respect. If you're gonna have a healthy relationship, a healthy friendship, the first thing you need is respect. Second thing you need is shared experiences. Life is better, what? Together, right? Like you go with your family, and man, that's fun if you're going to ball game by yourself. But if you take your kids, if you take your wife, if you go with your best friend, if you go with a couple guys, it's always better together, shared experiences. Number three, trust. Trust, once you have shared experiences, you begin to get to know each other. Then you start giving a little slack, giving a little trust. And a relationship can become a friendship when that relationship is planted in the fertile soil of trust, and it will bloom. Number four, give and take, right? If it's just take and take and take and take, that's a problem. If you're here a married couple and it's just take and take and take and take, that's a problem. It's give and take. And number five, mutual, mutual enjoyment, mutual enjoyment. I will tell you this, uh, this quick story. In Kings chapter 12, 1 Kings chapter 12, Solomon dies. Solomon, wisest man ever lived. Solomon dies, and now his son, Rehoboam, is taking the throne. And the people are getting ready to make him king. So he gathers everyone together. It's a holy moment. And the people speak up, and the people say this. The people say to him, your father was a hard man. He was very hard on us. Now, what was accomplished under Solomon was crazy. The temple was built on and on and on. You can go. I mean, excellence was his standard. And the people are saying, he was so hard on us. Give us a little slack and we'll love you and we'll serve you and we'll be loyal for you if you just, just ease up a little bit. And so the Bible says he goes to his fathers, to the, to the elders of his father that had passed away, Solomon's elders, his council, his board. And he goes to him, he says, what do you think I ought to do? And they say, we think the people's right, man. If you'll slack up just a little bit, they will bend over. They will break their backs for you. And then he goes to his boys, his entourage, the kids on the block that he grew up with that he had now began to put in different places of authority. And he says, guys, man, this is what the people said. You heard him. This is what the, the elders are saying. What should I do? And they said, you go tell the people that your finger is thicker and heavier than your father's waist. And you tell them, if you think that was bad, you hadn't seen anything yet. And you make it harder on them. So he goes back. He, he had asked for three days. He goes back. Hear ye, hear ye. Here's what I'm gonna do. My finger is thicker and heavier than my father's waist. If you thought life was bad then, you bunch of wusses and complainers, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm the man. I'll get blood out of a turn. I mean, that was his focus, man. He laid the law down. And then one of his friends, he appointed over to basically be like a tax collector. And so he tells him, go, man, get going. You got the position, you got the title, go get the money. So he goes out, and when he goes out to the town, the people kill him. He comes in, he's like, I'm here, get your money ready. And they're like, oh, you're here, all right. Oh, good, man, come here, we got something for you. And he got stoned that day. They killed him. It was over for him. The people rebelled. And I think about this man who had everything his father had. His, his grandfather was David. David and Solomon were successful. He should have been a very successful king. And you know what? The relationships in his life determined the quality and the direction. And so he didn't have a very good reign. 
He didn't have a very good reign. I wanna encourage you, I'm laying the plane here. I wanna encourage you to invest time and energy building solid relationships. Invest time building strong or solid relationships. It takes that, it takes trust, right? Don't give everyone your trust right away. But when you, when you say, you know what? And the truth is, I, we talked about Facebook last week. And I, I'm, I'm on Facebook, man. But the truth is, you can get 2,000 friends on Facebook. How many of those people are really your friends? How many people are really, like, really there for you when you need it? Hopefully a lot of them. I love to see when someone goes through something, they post, please pray for this, this happened, all of a sudden, man, there's post after post, and they are their friends, man. They saw it, and they're like, we love you, we're praying for you, how can we help? Thank God for social media and and that tool. But you know what, the truth is, I've heard it said, you've heard it said, if if you have three friends that stay with you during a lifetime, man, you're rich. Isn't that the truth? So I want you to think today, are you investing the right time in the right people? Are you building solid relationships or, or are you building a relationship that the truth is is just gonna disintegrate? Establish healthy relationships and then you know what? Avoid the unhealthy ones. The Bible says that we ought to live with all men peaceably. And then I love the phrase, thank you God for putting it in there, as much as possible. As much as possible. Last verse, James three seventeen through 18. Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. Did you hear what that said? That a holy life is not characterized by how short your hair is or long it is or this or that. Or, you know, we grew up and it was rules, 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 rules. And if you got all the rules right, God was smiling. If you didn't, he, you know, I'm not sure. The Bible says here that real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life. And is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable. And it's overflowing with mercy and blessings, not hot one day and cold the next, and not two-faced. Look at this. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only, circle that, only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other and treating each other with dignity and honor. So the question is, who are your friends? The question is, how good a friend am I? How good of a friend are you? Relationships, who are you hanging out with? It's really important, no matter your age, your stage in life, who are those people close to you so that that you can really be honest? Who are those people that they'll hold you accountable? They don't care how rich you are. They don't care how much money's in the bank. They don't care what you drive. They care about you. And the truth is, if you lost all that stuff that helped other people like you, if you lost all that stuff, they would still love you because they love you. Prodigal son had all this stuff, man. He got the money, he goes, he got the money, he got the honey. Uh, when the money ran out, so did the honeys. That happens. Who are those real friends in your life, man? Slow down, pause, and invest. Because the friendships in our life will determine the quality and the direction of our life.